everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Growing From Hate to Love. My name is Carrie and I will be your host. The purpose of this podcast is to help people who have either gone through what I've gone through or who are going through it right now. I hated my childhood. I hated everything around me. I hated me. I hated everything. And I hated everything because I came from such a dysfunctional family that love was not shown in a healthy way. I had a stay-at-home dad who had several undiagnosed mental disorders ranging from bipolar, anorexia, narcissism. He was an alcoholic and then became a dry drunk when I was five. And unfortunately was also my abuser. And he was someone who was never truly happy. He hated his world as much as I hated mine. And my mom who worked second shift most of my childhood. So I don't really remember her being around. But she had an unhealthy obsession. Unhealthy love for my father. Severely codependent. And how my parents lived a double life as Jehovah's Witnesses and swingers for 17 years. And I learned a lot of my traits from both my mom and my dad, which really skewed my way of thinking and feeling until I moved halfway across the country, not ever visiting the state or the city, and not knowing anybody who lived there to not only move away from my small town, but to start my dream career which I'm not even in anymore. I'll tell you how I got into recovery for an addiction that I thought I had and then how I faced my addiction of what I didn't know I had and all the steps and therapies and loving and forgiveness, the breakdowns which led to breakthroughs for me to become the person I am today. I just want to love people as much as I love myself and even more. There's people out there that have no idea that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, that love does actually exist. Some of us are so full of pain and agony, we cannot see a light at the end of the tunnel and know that everything is just temporary and there are resources for us to love ourselves to get out of the pain and misery that we wallow in on a daily basis because we don't know any different and it's become our normal it's an unhealthy normal and i want to share my story of the healthy normal that i am today of light and love and forgiveness and grace by the grace of god i love my life today and who i am today I hope you stick around for this bumpy ride, an unpredictable story of how a hurt, broken, unwhole little girl grew up to be a whole, love, flourishing woman who loves waking up in the morning, curious of what wonderful things are going to fill my day. And I hope this podcast helps you have a beautiful day and I look forward to seeing you next time. Hello! Welcome back to Growing From Hate to Love. My name is Carrie and I am your host and this is episode two and I want to talk to you about my healing journey of love. The beautiful colors of the rainbow of love. How I learned to love my family, how I learned to have friends with love and especially the love I have for myself. Love was a very foreign concept for me growing up. 
it was very conditional and I never knew when it was going to be taken away from me. There was unspoken rules of what should be done, how it should be done, when it should be done. It was very unspoken, unwritten. I had to know how to play the game without giving written instructions. Much is life. Today my life is full of love and laughter and joy. Something that I didn't experience growing up. But as an adult, I make sure my days are filled with it. I love laughing at myself. I am the funniest person I know, which I laugh at myself all the time because I make mistakes just like everybody else. And I appreciate myself for it. My healing journey for love started in 2011 when I was introduced to recovery. I surrounded myself with women who taught me how to be a woman how to respect myself, how to honor myself, how to be me. And I also put myself in social situations where I was able to be friends with men with no sexual undertones, which is something that was so foreign to me, a foreign concept. And it took me a long time to learn how to be friends with men Without the expectations that they wanted something from me for them to be in my life. And when I say that, I always had the expectations that the only way a man would be in my life is if he wanted me sexually or if I wanted him sexually. Which is a really unhealthy way to view at men and sexualizing them and also sexualizing myself. And that left no room for respect, dignity, or anything of that sort for the opposite sex. And that set me up for doom of failure to have any type of relationship with anybody because I could not be comfortable in the same room with a man without either feeling like I was being sexualized or sexualizing them. And today, I have some of the most amazing friendships with men. There is no sexual expectations. We have open and candid conversations about anything and everything except sex because that's something that's not even on the table. We treat each other with dignity and respect and I love how I've blossomed into the person I am today where I have the relationships where people can trust me and I can trust them and there's no expectations of wanting something from each other. And one of the many things I love about myself today is I don't judge somebody by their physical appearance. You may be the most attractive person in the room, but if you have a crappy personality and you treat other people disrespectfully and you just either have an ego bigger than the room, I don't find you attractive anymore. I would not want a friendship with you at all. And flirting with me, not even an option. Because why would I even want a relationship with you if I don't want to be friends with you? And with not knowing how to have a relationship with men, I honestly didn't know how to have relationships with women or with myself as well. I came from a shell of a person who did not know who I was, what I wanted, my aspirations, my wishes, my goals. There was none of that. My wishes, my goals, my aspirations were all given to me or uh, made up by people surrounding me. Um, My opinions were that of my father's. 
I was never Carrie. I was either my father's daughter or my brother's sister. And so I was a shell of a person. I didn't know who Carrie was. I couldn't tell you who Carrie was, what she wanted, what she loved, what she liked, what she wanted to be. Growing up, my happiness was all dependent about people around me. And I remember, you know, whenever I had to make a wish, my wish was, I just want to be happy. And happiness to me was to be loved. Being loved was the ultimate goal. Just love me. Just please love me. Just please like me at least. Please, please, please. And I I wanted love so bad from other people because I did not know how to love myself. Growing up with conditional love, it was never, I love you no matter what. You're the best thing ever. You know, you're my daughter. I'm so proud of you. You can never disappoint me. You know, you're just the most amazing thing ever in my life. I I adore you and I appreciate you because you're my child and you're part of me. It was the exact opposite. It was... You were a mistake and I didn't want you and you're a disappointment and you'll never be good enough and I never wanted you. But in the very next breath, I would be told, but I'm glad that you were born. So it was very confusing to be loved when you're told every day you're not wanted, but they're thankful that you're there. It's the biggest mind fuck that you can ever put on somebody. And that was my daily life growing up. I would not wish that on anybody. I don't care who that person is. I do not wish that mind fuck on anybody. Today, I love my life. I can look myself in the mirror and say, I love you. You're amazing. I appreciate you. You're the most amazing person. You're funny. You're unique. You're talented. I don't really know what my talents are, but I'm growing into those. I love myself more today than I have ever in my lifetime. Each day that goes by, I love myself more and more and more. And with the love that I have with for myself today, it didn't start out, I didn't wake up one day and go, oh my God, I love myself. I'm the most amazing person. I just, I find myself so wonderful and awesome. It was a long journey of breakdowns that led to breakthroughs. From recovery, I got into therapy. I did EMDR and I had the most amazing therapist and I love her. And I recommend her to anybody who lives in the Phoenix area. She is amazing. I love her and I hope she's busier than ever because she is the most amazing person that helped me grow and become the person I am today. My first session with her was not even about my uh, family abuse get over my main addiction, which I did not realize I had until several years into therapy. I was addicted to relationships and finding that love that I so desperately wanted from my father. And I had to come to realize that the love that I wanted from my father, I'll never find in anybody else. No one will ever replace my father or give me that type of love I so desperately needed. The only person that's going to fill that role for me is me. I reparent myself every turn of my life. I reparent myself every day. I talk to myself the way I desperately wanted my mother and father to talk to me. I treat myself the same way as well. If I make a mistake, I'm very gentle with myself. I literally do talk to myself. 
If I make a mistake, I say, you know what, Carrie, you made a mistake. Not a big deal. It's okay. You know, you're allowed to make a mistake. I still love you. We, we're going to learn something from this. It's okay. Because I, I talk to me the way I talk to, I would talk to a, a child. I'm not going to scream at the child for making a mistake because they've made a mistake in something that they didn't know what they were doing. Everybody mis makes mistakes. It's like a baby learning to walk and, you know, they're crawling to walking and they're going to fall down. Are you going to scream at them for falling? No, it's a mistake. It's a boo-boo. They're learning. First time I cooked eggs, I boiled them way over. The yolks were green because I cooked them too long. Now I can make the perfect boiled egg. I made a mistake learning how to boil eggs. First time I cooked pasta, I overcooked it and it was mushy. First time I cooked rice, I think I either undercooked or overcooked it. I can't remember. But everything is a learning curve. And everything about life is like that. And friendships were a completely different uh, curve for me as well. I did not have examples of what friendships were. Uh, my parents lived a double life for 18 years until I was five years old. All the friends that they had in their life and they partied with and smoked with and lived a lifestyle with, they cut out of their life when I was five years old. I went from having a ton of friends to having no friends. They were gone in an instant. But we didn't move anywhere. We didn't move houses. They didn't move anywhere. We just stopped being partying people and became Jehovah's Witnesses overnight. I was unaware that we had been Jehovah's Witnesses from the time I was born. I just thought the partying stopped and we flipped a switch and we became Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, I did my research and had asked my brother, hey, you know, where was the transition? You know, mom and dad had parties, people were over, they were smoking, they were drinking, they were swingers, so there was sex everywhere. And then overnight, boom, there's a no smoking sign on the front door, there's no parties, there's no drinking, there's no swearing, there's no smoking. What the hell happened? Where was the transition? And my brother, who was 10 years older than me, told me there was not a transition. So I called my mother and I said, hey mom. You know, maybe my brother had gotten the story confused. Maybe he's misremembering. So I was like, hey, mom, you know, like, where was the transition? And I gave her the whole thing. And you're partying and smoking and friends and booze and sex. And I know you guys were swingers. What the hell happened? Overnight, we became Jehovah's Witnesses. Where was the transition? And she also told me there was not a transition. And I said, so you're telling me that you guys were swingers on Wednesday and became Jehovah's Witnesses on Thursday? And she said, yeah, basically. And I'm like, how can you tell me what, what happened? And she was like, nothing. Your father just wanted to stop partying. So I just followed along with what he wanted. Yeah, let that sink in for a minute. My parents were partying, smoking, drinking. And then overnight, like a switch, it all changed. And everybody who they used to hang out with, we stopped hanging out with them. We stopped hanging out with the parents, the children. They stopped coming over. We stopped going over their houses. We went to church three times a week and started going door to door to start saving people from Armageddon. But today, I have some of the most amazing friends that I can rely on. I talk to openly, candidly. There's no judgment, no criticism. We love each other through our mistakes through our relationships, through our breakups, through our jobs, starting jobs, ending jobs, moving. 
Um, We help each other move. I've been with my friends while they've taken their kids to the hospital. I've helped my friends babysit their kids. I've been in so many remarkable friendships that it warms my heart that people want me around. When I was younger, I didn't know what love was. I just knew what pain and agony was. I cried all the time. I was lonely. And my loneliness wasn't just, you know, not being around people. My loneliness was not knowing who I was and not knowing how to be by myself. I would do anything and everything not to spend time with myself. I would go to people's houses and sit in a room full of people and feel completely alone just so I wouldn't, quote unquote, be alone. Even though I felt completely alone. I did not know how to be by myself and if anybody did try to talk to me, I was an emotional vomiter. I would just unload all my problems on them and how lonely I was and how desperate I was and and how much I hated my life and I would just talk about my past and how hurt I was and and you know, I compared myself to a lot of people, especially people in relationships. I guess I want to say I was jealous, but I was very envious and jealous of people who were in relationships because at least they had somebody where I didn't have anybody. I would go home and cry myself to sleep and be terrified that I was going to be single for the rest of my life. Being single was the most tormenting, negative, isolating, hurtful thing that I thought could ever happen to me. Being to, and being in a romantic relationship to me was the end all be all. And now being in a romantic relationship is not something I'm looking for. And that is something that is a stark contrast of what I used to be before people had one role in my life. Either I wanted you to be my boyfriend or you were going to introduce me to my next boyfriend. And that was my sole goal. I was always on like a scavenger hunt for that. If I went to the grocery store, the movies, just simple things, parties. That was my main goal. Get a boyfriend, get a boyfriend, get a boyfriend. That was on my grocery list every single day. Get a boyfriend. And it didn't matter who it was. They were just going to fill a slot of being my boyfriend. You're just my boyfriend. And I'm your girlfriend. Yay, we're like salt and pepper. We're a perfect match. But we're never a perfect match. Ever. Hence, why I'm still single. Which, I'm so happy I'm single today. Because I'm enjoying every moment of my life today. I enjoy learning about me. Getting to know me. Spending quality time by myself. Just, oh, loving me. And the most unique treasurable way that I thought could never ever happen if you would have asked me five years ago where do you want to be in five years I would have told you I want to be in a relationship almost getting married be someone's girlfriend heading off to be Mr. Mrs. Smith that's what I wanted now I'm just like In five years, I don't know. I want to get an RV. I want to travel. I want to see the world. If I have a boyfriend, if I'm dating, cool. If I'm not, cool, whatever. I don't care. I want to meet the most amazing people, have the most amazing friendships. I want to be an inspiration to people that have 
been through similar things that I have been through and help them see and grow and feel that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Oh boy, wow. If I would have had someone like me in my life five years ago, I think it might have helped me a little bit. And I just want to help people the way I want to be helped. I want to be an inspiration to people the way I've been an inspiration to myself. The way other people, without them knowing, have been an inspiration to me. When it comes to my family, I have forgiven my mother and my father. I have forgiven them. I love them. Um, I have compassion for them, for where they've come from. They were doing the best that they could, which is a phrase I hated growing. I, that's a phrase I hated hearing. They did the best that they could. And I would always say, they could have done better. And now that I'm older and I love myself, I'm able to look at my parents as people and go, wow, they went through some shit. They had no idea what the fuck they were doing. They were just injured adult children doing the best that they could with the most messed up tools that they had. And when I say that in life, my dad was trying to trim the trees with his lawnmower and trying to rake the yard with a garden hoe. Wrong tools, great tools to use, but using the wrong tools to do things that needed to be done. And I forgive my father, absolutely. I love my parents, I really do. On the flip side, do I like my parents? Not necessarily. They're not someone I would have over for dinner or have a cup of tea with. They're not someone I can have a conversation with because we have nothing in common. I have grown and healed where they have not. And when I talk about my father, I will talk to, talk about him in the past tense because he has been passed away. He's been dead for 14 years. And I make light of his death. From a very young age, I've dealt with death. It happens. Everybody's going to die. Spoiler alert. It happens to everybody. My dad's father died when I was four. My babysitter who lived right across the street from me, who was a huge part of my life, died when I was five. My mom's dad, who I saw every day, died when I was six. Uh, her brother, who we saw very frequently, died six months later. And then a very good friend of mine, who I saw on a weekly, weekly basis, died when I was 11. So, yeah, death is something that I'm like, eh, it happens. I don't want it to happen. Don't get me wrong. I don't want people to die. I don't want them to leave this earth, but they're going to. And so now I love people in my life very dearly. I had a fear for the longest time that if I didn't hear from somebody or I didn't see them, I was scared that they died. Because everybody that was so important to me in my life, who I love dearly, who I saw almost on a daily basis, were here one day and gone the next. And that was a fear that I overcame. Now when I don't hear from somebody, I let it go. I'll hear back from them. It's okay. They're busy. And before I was so neurotic that I didn't hear from somebody, I would almost blow up their phone. Not almost. I would blow up their phone thinking, oh my God, they're dead, they're dead, they're dead. What happened, what happened, what happened? And now I leave a message and I know they're not dead. I know they didn't go anywhere. They're still here. 
I'll hear back from them. It's okay. And I don't know if anybody went through that fear, but I know I went through that fear for a very long time. But back to the whole love thing. I love my family, and I love my family from a distance. Uh, They still all live in Illinois, and I am in Phoenix, Arizona. No matter what, uh, no matter how happy, joyous, and and loving I am, I'm always going through a healing process. More things come up for me, and I deal with them as they come up and as I go through life. Now, the love that I have for my friends, my family, and for myself are all different beautiful rainbows. And the people that, the, the, the love I have for strangers, for people that I haven't met yet, oh my God, I love everybody. I love them for right where they're at. Not for what I expect them to be. Not for what they think they should be. I love them for exactly who they are because everybody is unique in their own way. And I absolutely love that. I love that there's some people who are loud and boisterous and are the life of the party. And I love how some people are just very quiet and they sit in the corner and they keep to themselves. The shy people who are still breaking through their shell. The people that are just very opinionated and scream that from the rooftops. Everybody is going on their own journey through life. And I love that. I love how each of us are as unique as each animal on this planet. Not everybody is an elephant, not everybody is an ant, but there's so many animals between that ant and their elephant. There's lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, there's snakes, (laughs) snails, you know, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea. We're all so unique on this planet, functioning all at the same time. And I think it's such a beautiful process and I'm so grateful to be a part of that. And I really hope you join me on this healing process as I tell my story, as I break more out of my shell, and as I still continue to grow, I hope you grow with me. Until next time, everybody is somebody and that somebody is you.